A hero is integrity, humanity, and compassion in action. The hero frequency is the thread of those qualities binding us all. I'm Yasmin Joy, an empathic survivor of loss, grief, and more. And every week, I'll be sharing tips and tales that brought me to my mission of identifying and amplifying the hero frequency. Let's tune in and turn it up. Hey, welcome back. If you're just joining in the middle of this New Year's prep series, you're welcome to listen to the rest of this episode and any of the parts of the series in any order. But it may be helpful to check out the first part of the series to understand what it's about and what to expect. Each part of this mini-series is structured a little bit differently from my usual episodes, as in each of these mini-episodes, I share one section of something I'd written a few years back that helped me to find my new year, new life transformation. And this shift has been so healing and positively transformative that I just had to share with you. So you can listen to part one first or just jump right in. Without further ado, here we go. This is Year of Your People, part five. You've got to see it to relieve it. For my open, compassionate sensitives, I feel your pain. I'm not good at ignoring intuitive flags, let alone something extraordinarily out of place. When I say you need to see it to relieve it, I mean you need to not only see that the problem exists, but see that its existence needs to be properly addressed. The world is upside down because people prefer the peacefulness, in quotes, of ignoring problems, of looking, sounding pleasant, and then bashing those who dare say, um, is anyone going to talk about the big-ass elephant in the room? But what can you do if you want to address it, but those around you don't? I mean, there was a reason why don't shoot the messenger became a necessary quote back in the day. People hate those talking about the thing more than those who do the thing. There are sensitives that are troubled by elephants in rooms, but won't mention them because they are deathly afraid of conflict. They're not to be confused with the elephant enablers, but can live among them because their fear of conflict subdues them to enablers rule of, you don't say nothing, you don't say nothing. But if you're not that kind of sensitive, you'll have to again decide if you're willing to deal with the outrage of the entitled or enabling by your confrontations or the inner turmoil of your disjointed compliance. The third option is to distance yourself from these people. This series, after all, is to help you take inventory of your relationships to see whom you want to bring with you into the new year. There may still be outrage, but it will wane over time as neither of you will have to feel your values repeatedly crossed by the other. You can have your space free and clear. Let those unwilling to address the elephants live with them. Now, I wrote this after a decades-long stint with a group of people that were almost a perfect little ecosystem comprised of almost every representation of hurt people who hurt people as the majority. There's so much to unpack with this group that could teach us a lot about human nature when it has been perverted with a unique cocktail of extreme trauma and entitlement that would not be a far reach to call narcissism. I mean... Justice Group itself could be a really good case study to understand the many ways that trauma and entitlement harm both the individual and the whole society. If you think about it, those two issues are pretty much at the root of every dysfunction and affront against humanity in our society. 
but I didn't figure that out from the get-go with this group because the decades younger me was very bright and sparkly-eyed, bushy-tailed, still naive and uber-optimistic about everybody and everything and prone to wanting to believe every positive as possible possibility of everyone I encountered. But one thing I did immediately notice were the elephants in the room. Sometimes they were so big, so hairy, and so smelly that they pressed against you in the room and took your breath away. There were many, many moments, actually, from very early on with this group where I would look around the room and think, is nobody else seeing, hearing, feeling, smelling, being bothered by the suffocating presence of this elephant? And over and over, as I would look around the room and see people just looking kind of dimmed or dulled, but not responding, not addressing, not bothered by what people who are in a healthier, clearer, and more respectful mindset would. And so if I were not such in denial and wanting to make pieces that actually don't go together fit, I could have understood at that point what took me decades to really accept from all the elephants that were always in the room with this group and from how they responded to them. It wasn't until maybe a decade into my connection with this group that I finally said, okay, what is it with this elephant, that elephant, this entire stampede of elephants? It was my finally calling out the elephants that made me public enemy number one in that little secret society, which was confusing to me at first because the sense of self-entitlement of this group was based on not only buried skeletons, but a complete disregard and denial of living, thriving, trumpeting, cohabiting elephants. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, being in a space where people are denying the existence of something that is so thick, palpable, and oppressive feels a little bit like insanity. Now, if you've been living or working in an environment where there are clear elephants in the room and speaking up about it is going to set a target on your head, two things are happening. First of all, there's a lack of integrity within said culture that you're dealing with. And that's a clue about the leadership of that culture. And when I say culture, I'm not talking about international culture. I just mean the specific group culture. Secondly, such a culture does not enable you to really move and speak freely. I talk about this in part four. So if you can't talk about the elephants and you have to tiptoe, you're not in a group that has your best interests at heart. You're not in a group that's even really safe. You're in a group that prioritizes image or fake pleasantries over integrity and genuine connection. Now, this is not to criticize your decision to stay in such a relationship because relationships are complicated and I don't know your situation. But as with every episode or every piece of advice or every insight that I give, the point is to let you know if you're in a space that you're on the fence about whether or not you should listen to that tingling, you know, that nudge or nagging that says, I can't clearly see it, but something feels big and claustrophobic and kind of insane within the company you're currently keeping. I'm just saying, if you're feeling these feelings and thinking these thoughts, that it's perfectly fine for you to pop a squat and take a good listen because that's your intuition. 
That's the frequency that is tuned in to everybody and says, this is not good for everybody. This is not good for anybody. This is not good for me. I hope this episode has been helpful. And if you've been enjoying the series, please reach out on Instagram or Facebook at The Hero Frequency or email to hello at theherofrequency.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and see you in the few. Every day is an opportunity to exercise your integrity, humanity, and compassion, including for yourself. May you go with the company of good, the endurance of love, the beauty of wonder, and the dignity of kindness. Thanks for tuning into The Hero Frequency.